Thank you for listening to WNLA's Sermon of the Week. Visit our website at wnla.church for ways to partner with us and to connect with our ministries. Here is this week's sermon. Yeah, Lord, we just come to your word today to be changed. We come to your word today to come into agreement with truth and to be realigned. Thank you, Father. We love you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, you may have noticed um, as you came in today, you walked through a tent, or you may have noticed the tent up here. And I'm, I promise you I'm doing everything in my power to not make a pun about today being intense or anything. I do every, every single... It's the Feast of Tabernacles that starts today, all right? I've talked about this several other times if you haven't been, been here. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it today. Feast of Tabernacles, it's when uh, you put up a tent and you live in it for a week. It's actually pretty exciting. So I thought I would start, instead of my, my normal intense joke... I wanted to just start with a couple, because I'm a dad and I have to get it out of my system, or I will be tempted the entire time, all right? I promise, uh, here, here, here's how it goes, and you may have heard this one, I just made it up right now. Did you know that you cannot run through a campground? You can only ran through a campground because it's past tense. You've heard that one, right? I, don't shake your head at me, Linda. Like, uh, all right, all right. You're blessed if you've heard that one before. I got one more, and if you don't want it, too bad. <clears throat> I hesitate to do this one, but I'm going to do it anyways. Because we are to be bold as a lion in Jesus. All right. A confused man struggling with his identity went to the doctor. And uh, he says, Doc, I've got a real problem. Like, Sometimes I wake up in the morning and, and I think I'm a yurt. I think I'm a yurt. You know, like, you know, like the yurts at the campgrounds that you can go? And the doctor's like, oh, okay. And, and, and the guy says, but, but there's more to it. Other days I wake up and, and I think I'm a teepee. And the doctor says, oh, okay, I get it, I get it. I, I know exactly what, what's going on here. The problem is clear. You are just plain too tense. Too tense. Tense. If you don't understand it, you talk to Tanner. He'll explain it to you afterwards. All right, enough. Let's get into the work today, all right? We are going to talk a bit about the Feast of Tabernacles. It's found in Exodus 23, Numbers 29. Yes, this holiday is actually in your Bible. Believe it or not. I know I grew up in church and never heard about it. But it is actually in your Bible, the Feast of Tabernacles. The idea is this, and what you are instructed to do in the scripture is you're supposed to set up a tent. Instead of living in your house, you build a tent in your backyard or near you, and you are supposed to, the entire week, sleep in that tent, and every meal you're supposed to eat with your family in tent. In tent. I, can't, I can't not say it now. This, this is the idea. It's set right at the last part of the harvest. The harvest has just come in. 
And, and, and there's lots of symbolism. There's lots of meaning to this. It's supposed to remind you how temporary things are. That these earthly tents are just temporary. It was meant as a reminder. Do not forget, God was telling the Israelites, that you spent 40 years in tents traveling in the wilderness. Don't forget that. How I brought you through the hard times into the promised land. For the joy set before you. The promise was set before them. This is, this is part of the symbolism of what, of what the Feast of Tabernacles is. You spent 40 years going through it, but you knew the promise was on the other end. And Jesus comes along and it says, the word became flesh and did tent among us, did tabernacle among us. And we beheld the glory of the Father. Jesus came. Our example, the one we are to look to for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, right? He acknowledged, he came in the tent, in an earthly tent, in a body. This is a, called a tent, did you know that? And he set the example of what it means to go through everything with the promise in front of you for the joy set before you. This too shall pass. I don't know, whatever you're going through, look at me, whatever you are going through, this too is going to pass. It's, it's, not, it's not forever. It's temporary. And our, our, our joy is to look to Jesus, our example, so that we can get through. Because the truth is, if you feel, like, whatever, the hardest thing you've been through, if you sat in that moment and you really believed this is going to be forever... You couldn't do it. That's a, you will give up immediately if you think this is going to be forever. But if there is a promise like, hey, this is temporary, you're like, I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Listen, heaven is going to be great. Wow. So Willem, and I think somebody else, I didn't know who, is really excited about this. The rest of you are like, man, my house is cool. I'm good. Heaven is going to be pretty amazing. Like, like ultimately, there is a joy set before you that, that we have to acknowledge today on the Feast of Tabernacles. You've been given a Coleman at best tent. Maybe REI if you're like me north face but you've been given a tent it was not meant for you to dwell in forever you've been given a tent on a journey through this life to know christ to make him known in this world you will have troubles but fear not he's overcome the world i can do all things through christ who strengthens me for the joy set before me i'm going to keep on camping it's temporary Heaven will be great, but like it, this is all the message I give you today. It's enough, probably. It'll help you get up tomorrow morning. <laughs> but but did you, I, I want to also oh, oh, emphasize the fact that, that all the good stuff isn't saved for heaven either. Like, all the... 
all the, the joys and all the wonders of Christ, you, he wants to give them to you and let you experience them now. And yes, forevermore in their fullness, and there will be no more weeping, no more sorrow in this world. We understand we'll have troubles. But don't put everything good off till you, when you die. Because he has a life abundantly for you now to help you through the journey to display his goodness, to display who Christ is now and forevermore. One of my favorite people to listen to, his name is Steve Backland. He does like a 15-minute podcast, and it's all, he's all about joy and walking in joy. Um, but he says this on almost every podcast, and I want to repeat it to you because I think some of us need to be reminded. He says this, I used to say to the Lord, when all my problems are over, then I will become joyful. Is that okay with you, Lord? He says, the Lord answers him, no, because you don't need joy at the end of the battle. You need strength in the middle of the battle, and the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Let me rephrase that a little bit. Oftentimes we sit there in our struggles and we're like, I'll be filled with joy finally when it's done. But look at me, if the joy of the Lord is your strength, when do you need strength? Am I going to need strength when I get to heaven to be joyful? Or am I going to need strength in the midst of it when I'm going through the thick of it and the hurricane's coming and I'm in a tent? That's when I need, my, I need strength. But the joy of the Lord is my strength. So if I will not receive and walk and choose the joy of the Lord in the hurricane, I'm missing out on the strength that's provided. Now, not any, any person could walk into heaven and, and not have it be overflowed with joy and strength. But you need it right now. How many would confess, I need strength right now? It is available to you right now. In the tent, in the tabernacle, it's available to you. Okay, we'll get into that more. But I thought today, just because I love the subject of heaven so much, I thought I would just remind us with a few scriptures of what some of the things that the Lord says, that the scriptures say about heaven. So think for a second about something you're going through that's hard, oh, difficult, don't think about it too long. We don't want to stay there. But just think about it, because I, I want you to hear this scripture in light of your present struggle or your present circumstance. Okay? If you can't think of anything, you are doing great. 1 Corinthians, and just listen to this. It's just the word of God. 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 58. <clears throat> I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I love this. Listen, I will tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For the, for the perishable, things that can die, must Clothe itself with the imperishable, things that can never die. And the mortal with immortality. The old tent has to go. That's my translation. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying will come true, death 
has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, in light of all this, guys and girls, therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor is not in vain. Amen. Ooh, it's a mystery. Now I want to read you another one. Just a couple more before we get into the main point today. This is just good stuff. John 14, 3, Jesus is talking. Let not your heart be troubled. Okay, you've just been told to stand firm. You believe the word of the Lord? Now Jesus is telling you, and some of you, this is a Remo-ready word for you. You need it right now. This is Jesus talking to you right now. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. This is Jesus. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. I hope the Bible's enough to just encourage you. One more, one more. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. And this is one of my very favorite verses. Now we see. We're talking about right, right now in, in, our, in, our, uh, in our tents, in this tent of my body and my flesh. Now I see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then, I will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. This is what we call, in theological terms, the blessed hope. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. All right. Some glad morning when this light... All right, I'm just giving you a taste. You know, one day someone's going to sing that song and the rapture's going to happen. And they'll be like, whoa, we can't sing this anymore. Like, I guess this is the day that I was singing about. Now I've flown away. All right. It is important. My wife's trying to keep me on track here. It is important to remember. I mean, there, there is a blessed hope, a joy set before you. Yes, and it, you would do yourself well to renew your mind with it constantly. But I also want to focus today that you, and remind you that you need strength today. Not on the day that you fly away. You need strength and joy today. Amen? Because when I, when I fly away, I don't need strength anymore. I have imperishable, I'm, I'm undestructible, I won't get tired. Jesus is our example. Now, I've, I've, I've mentioned this several times today already. It says that in this world, you will have troubles. I don't like to rehearse that promise for you, but it is a good reminder. Jesus is the one we are to fix our eyes on. Now, I want to read you the verse here where he says, in this world, you will have troubles. Because he tells you it for a reason. 
he drops the reason there. He's not just like, hey, guys, you're going to have some real problems. I'll see you later. I'm out. No, he says this. Let's read it in John 16, 33. He says this. I have told you these things so that you may have peace. He just told them about all of these things that are going to happen. And he's like, why did I just tell you all this really troubling stuff? I've told you this so that you can have peace. Oh, what? You told me that stuff? Yes, the reason that's in the scripture about, about the end, all of that, it's so you can have peace. If you're not walking in peace, you're not getting the full revelation of what Jesus was saying in that. It's not bad news. It's good news. In, so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Here's the thing. When, when you talk about, oh, I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, or this thing is happening, and this trouble, this is, oh, I'm having such a hard time. Take heart, he overcame that thing. That's why you can have peace. Yeah, but I'm going through the hardest thing I never thought I'd have to go through. Take heart, he overcame the hardest thing you ever had to go through. Take heart. This is, a, this is a positive message from him. This isn't a, well, suck it up, buttercup. He's literally saying, yeah, you're going to have trouble, but take heart. Don't worry about it. Focus on me. I overcame it. You'll overcome it because you got me. Focus on me. Not me, Pastor Andy, but Jesus. Focus on him. He's overcome it. If you are discouraged and depressed about your situation, you're not focused on Jesus. Because he is not discouraged or depressed or, or worried about your situation. He's living victoriously about it. He already overcame it. And so I understand that in this world I have troubles and, and I have to work through those emotions and I have to work through in the, in the, in the valley. I have to work through it, I do. But I don't work through it any other way but by focusing on Christ, the author and perfecter of my faith. And when I do, and when I keep focusing on him and get revelation and understand he's standing victoriously over that problem, okay, I can, I can rest in the storm. I'm about to sing again. No, I won't, all right? In this world, you will have troubles, but take heart. He's overcome the world. Okay, I want to give you something. Maybe you've seen it, seen it this way before, but as I read through this this week, it just kind of set different with me. I was going to say hit different, but I say that too much now, and I'm not cool enough to keep saying it. So I read, I read this about Jesus. in the. I'm reading in the contemporary English version this year. I love reading in different translations because they, they'll, they'll, they're not saying different things, but they phrase it like contemporary English version. Their goal is to say things in the way we understand English today. Because our understanding of words change, okay? So I'm having fun with it, and, and I'll pick a different one next year, but I just enjoy it. And as I was reading it this time, it just kind of set a little bit different with me because I've read NIV, I've read NLT, King James, you know, and, and, and I have connotations about the words. This one forced me, okay, what does that actually mean? I need to go and dig deep into the meaning here. But I want to talk about when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, Okay? probably heard this story where Jesus, he, he's, he's fasting for 40 days, Satan leads him into the wilderness, and the Bible says it tempts him for 40 days. No, thank you. I would rather eat and not be tempted. 
in the scripture, what, what happens? Jesus is hungry. Obviously, he's fasting for 40 days. And what is the temptation the enemy offers him? He says, hey, Jesus, if, if you're hungry, hey, turn these stones. You can just turn them into bread, and you'll be good to go. And, uh, and Jesus, of course, says, man, does, he quotes the scripture, man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Father. So then Satan takes him up onto a high mountain and shows him every kingdom of the world, right? And he says this. He tempts him this way. All this stuff could be yours. <laughs> Pitchfork and all of that. If you'll just bow down and worship me. And Jesus quotes scripture again. He says, serve the Lord, worship God alone, right? Third and final one that we have, at least example. I would imagine there were more temptations than three in 40 days. But that's the scripture tells us he was that Jesus was tempted in every way. Okay, we get, we get a highlight reel here of three. But the final one, he says this. The, 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 Satan takes him up to the high corner of the temple. And he, he, he says, hey, Jesus, jump. <laughs> jump, because the Bible says, like, he will command his angels concerning you. You won't dash your feet against a stone. And to do it. Like, the Bible says, go for it, Jesus. And Jesus says what? Do not put the Lord, your God, to the test. And Satan immediately shuts up and leaves. And then the angels come minister. Jesus probably has a Chick-fil-A at that moment. Ends the fast just like that. Good lesson in the word. So here, but I want to read you just one verse out of that that just kind of made it sit a little bit different. May not for you, but for me it did. Luke 4, 2 says this. For 40 days, Jesus was tested by the devil. Sorry, I didn't get the by in there. So the CEV chose this word tested rather than tempted. And that caused me to, because every other version I read says he was tempted, which is true. It's, those aren't bad versions. But this word, the, the word test and tempt are very two different things in my brain, right? Am I right? Like, tempting is, is bad. No, no, no. Maybe it's because we all went to school. Testing is, well, let's see how much you know. Right? Tempting is a, oh, look at you want to come eat these cookies, right? And testing is, pull out your number two, two pencil. Let's see if you did the homework. So I'm like, okay, that just makes that that actually just makes it richer to me if I if I look at it a little bit differently. So I, I go to the word there. The word test is periazzo, periazzo, and this is the exact definition of the word, the Greek word periazzo, and it says this: just to try whether a thing can be done. That's the number one definition of this Greek word: to try if something can be done. Let's just see if we can do this. To try to make a trial of a test for the purpose of ascertaining the quality of what he thinks or how he will behave himself. Now, I want you to just give you a little more depth here. Satan is a fallen angel. Here's, this is just fun information. Angels don't know everything. God is omniscient, all-knowing. He knows everything you're thinking. He knows everything you're going to do, what you've done. He knows it all. But angels are not omniscient. Satan didn't know how Jesus was going to react. And so he's like, let's see how far we can push this thing. I want to test this guy. Let me just see how far Jesus is going to go. 
Periazzo, to make a trial of it. Also, so, so in, 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 in understanding that this word, when he says he was tempted, he was tested, when Jesus turns around finally and says, don't put the Lord your God to the test, Satan has to shut up and go. What did Jesus say? Test is over. Because when, when the word of God is, is, is given to this, the enemy, he has to obey. That's why you should read the word. You should wash yourself in the word, know the word, because some of the most powerful prayers and confessions and things you can utter out of your mouth is the word of God. It's good stuff. So what does this have, what does this have to do with what we're talking about today? I believe our, our perspective of temptation and testing has to shift a little bit. James 1.2 says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Huh. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. This test, this temptation, periazzo, it's the same word in 1 Corinthians 13 that we talked about a couple weeks ago where it says this, no temptation has overtaken you except which is common to mankind and God is faithful, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So that word tempted in every sense there is the word periazzo, which means to test as well, to try. When I read that, it's like, oh, you know, the cookie's from the cookie jar. Ah! No, he, listen, he will never allow you to be tested. Have you ever sat in a test you were not prepared for? Come on, hands up, show me. You did not study, and you got to the test, and they say, pull out that number two pencil, and your heart was like, oh, no. There was a kid in my class once, he just, he wrote A, B, C, D, and he just shook the papers, and he wrote it down, because he... He failed the class, of course. <laughs> the only dread for a test is one that you have not adequately prepared yourself for. The Lord says, there will be no test that you will ever face. That he hasn't, and here he put, he even puts an escape clause in the test. He's like, and when you are tested, I'm going to provide a way out. What if you were sitting to take the, the bar exam for the, law, the lawyer and, and Jesus is like, slide you the answers? Here's your way out. Ha ha ha, I'm out. But you got to take the out. He always provides a way out. There is no test. Whether you want to consider that, that temptation that you keep facing over and over, or that hard time that you're experiencing. Struggle. Oh, it's so hard. There is nothing so hard. There is nothing so, so lusciously tempting that you have not been adequately equipped for and given a way out of through Jesus Christ. This is really good news. Because the test that I've prepared for, I'm, I get actually very excited about. I know that may sound weird. But if you put in the work, like you spent all night, you, you, you actually did all your homework, you studied, you were ready for Algebra 2, Pythagorean Theorem, whatever it is. You know it. When that test slides your way, there is actually kind of a joy that happens. Especially when you flip it over and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> 
You look over at Bob, and he's really struggling. Didn't prepare. The only test, the only test, my mic just, there it goes. My only, the only test you'll be joyful about are the ones that you prepared for. This is good news. Now, I want to give you one more verse here before we come to our conclusion. Because, again, this word periazzo, which means to test or to tempt, you're asked to do it to yourself. This is like, what? Tempt myself? Test myself? That's the teacher's job. Listen, if you wait for the teacher to do it, you will be unprepared. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says this, and this is periazzo. Examine yourself. Test yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. He repeats himself. Do you not realize that Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. You're going to fail the test. What is the key here? Don't you realize that Christ is in you? Examine yourself. Give your, like, when I, when I, I've taken the two hardest tests, my, the real estate ex exam was hard. When I did my, uh, my language arts test to get my teaching certification, I had to take this thing called the Praxis II. I studied, and I had to memorize stuff that I forgot immediately. But I had to know, like, who wrote this book? When was it written? Blah, 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 all this stuff. But I flashcard. I, I bought the resources, the practice books, the practice test, and just did them over and over and over so that when the test slid my way, I was like, let's go. I examined myself. I tested myself to make sure that I was prepared because you will face trials. You will face tests of many kinds. And it's, you're only as good as your practice material. If you wait to face the test until it just happens in your life, you won't be prepared. But if you are in the Word and in Christ and you, and you constantly, because you're, as you're examining yourself, yes, Lord, you're there, you're there, you're there. When the test comes, you'll be like, you're there. I already know that. I, I already knew all this stuff, so I went in. Right, Aaron? <laughs> Sorry, that's an inside joke about Aaron. I won't tell you now. But when you get a test that you've prepared yourself for, and the, and the preparation is, I know that Christ is in me. I know he's with me. And, I, and I'm examining myself. And yes, he's good. You're ready to go. I'm going to take a couple more minutes. John Steele, I need you to come up here. I've been practicing for a certain test. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I have been doing to practice for this test. Now, once a week, mind you, once a week, I work out these muscles here. All right, once, once a week, I go, I'm, in, I'm at the gym, and, and I do arm curls. Four sets of eight to ten. I, I crush those things. Sometimes 45 pounds. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I go home. So I'm ready for this, and John Steele... I mean, I don't want to make an elderly person look bad, but uh, I'd say, I'd say let's, let's, uh, uh, let's arm wrestle. Okay. Now, I'm not going to take it easy on him. All right? So, uh, let's, are, are you pumped up? All right, let, 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 give, him, give him some love. Help, help John Steele out. He'll... All right. You guys count it off. Three, two, one. 
All right. Ow. John, could you just uh, apologize to me in front of everybody? No. Negative. <laughs> John, what, how long have you been uh, working your biceps? Uh, since I was 15. All right. And what, what would you say your weekly uh, bicep routine is? I mean, four sets of eight to 10? Four... Negative. So uh, I work out a minimum of five times a week. And uh, I do my biceps about two to three times a week. And I do five, five or six exercises, five sets, and about uh, uh, 12 to 15 reps per set. So one... I do about 300 reps. In one sitting? In, in one, yes. So I do about 600 reps a week on biceps. All right, thanks, John. You, yeah. can, you, can, you can just... Uh... I thought it was going to be easier than that. <laughs> Examine yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Because there will come a trial. There will be tests. There will be temptations. And you have to have put your reps in through the word to know Christ in you. To be so confident that Christ is in you. Like, because I'm putting those reps in daily with him. That he's, not, he's never left me. He's never forsaken me. So that, so that when, when the big test comes, when, when, when the, the ex-Marine, once a Marine, always a Marine, sorry, comes up, and he's like, let's go, brother. <laughs> You're like, well, let's do this, but just so you know, Christ is actually in me. <laughs> Boom, all right. Because I know it, I know it, I know it, I know it. I realize in this world, I'm in this tent, but I, I am going through it with Christ in me, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And I'm going through for the joy set before us. This is going to be a two-part series, <laughs> just so you know all of this. The tent will be back next week, but I, 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 I don't want to go into the rest until next week. So uh, what we're going to do here, if you'll stand with me and grab your communion, If you do not have a communion uh, cup, raise your hand high. Our ushers will, uh, will take care of you. Kaylee, I'm going to have you go ahead and come up. It's probably because, John, I, I, I actually did my workout, you know, on Friday, so I was a little sore, so, you know. <laughs> Christ is in me. Christ is in me. Christ is in me. Christ is in me. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. In this world, I'll have trials, I'll have tests, but I got my number two pencil, so slide that test this way. Because my Savior was tested in every way, didn't fail. He provides my exit ramp when I am tested. He is my exit ramp, and all I have to do is say yes. And I know that sounds really easy, but... It's only easy if you're putting your reps in. Lord, you're with me every day. Father, you're with me. And this is kind of the heart of what the communion thing is. When Jesus, when he took the bread and he broke it and he says, hey guys, look, look, 
Here's this is, this is actually more profound than we understand. It's like he breaks, he says, this is my body, it's broken for you. That was, his, that was his greatest test. This is my body, broken for you. He's like, take it and eat it. Put it in you. Put it in you so that you'll understand that I'm in you. But remember, it was me who took the test. And so we hold this bread. This is a symbol of the body of Jesus Christ. That tent, not the one back there, but his tabernacle tent that he came and willingly allowed us to destroy on the cross. For the joy set before him, he found the strength to endure. And he said, this is my body. Remember, remember. That's why we do this at least once a month, remember. And so Jesus, we remember that your body, your tent was destroyed by our sin so that we'd have the access pass to the undestroyable vessel. And so we take this bread and remember that in Jesus' name. Go ahead and open the cup. The blood is the life in the body. Without blood, your body doesn't function. It's life. And yet on the cross, he spilled it for us. The life, the light. He says, this is my blood poured out for you. Now, we're going we're gonna to take this together to remind us that it's his blood, his body in me. And in Christ alone, we place our trust. So, Jesus, we hold this. Your blood poured out for me, for us. We can do all things in you because you did all things and passed every test. So we say thank you, Jesus, for the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's take it together. Let's just make this our confession. Just repeat after me. I can, I can do, all do all things through Christ, through Christ. who strengthens me. And what's your strength? The joy of the Lord. You need it today. You need it tomorrow. You're going to just have it forever in heaven, but you need to tap in through Christ. So may you be blessed with his strength, revelation of his joy, no matter what your journey path is, the highs and the lows, whatever your tent is floating through right now, anchor it to Christ, and you will get through. You got this. So be blessed in Jesus' name. God bless you. Enjoy. If you want to sleep in a tent in your backyard this week, if you feel like you need that extra reminder, set it up. Make it happen. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, prayer requests, 
or if you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit our website at wnla.church.